2: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a
1: professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today.
0: The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed.
1: From the center of the galaxy,
2: this is the Force Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and we are going to talk some Star Wars news, some audience listener questions, and of course, check out who has become a Jedi Knight this week on Jedi Temple Challenge.
1: Jedi Temple Challenge! It's been a fun part of my week. News and views indeed. Before we get to all that, we, we want to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for uh, for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. As always, a little bit later, we'll have our Force Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. But Before we do that, we want to talk about Star Wars or Life Adventures just catch up uh joseph uh, how was your week in star
2: wars my week in, in life and star wars were both pretty good star wars i should say my star wars week was great uh <laughs> life of course is everybody who is alive is aware is uh, quite difficult right now but i did have some some good things i finished uh, a draft of a script that i was working on so i was excited about that uh i went for a walk <laughs> it sounds like small things, but these are major accomplishments. Yeah. Uh, for Star Wars adventures, you know, it's it's been a great time because uh, people are so excited in the last week or so about the, um, the Star Wars Squadrons games. So that was a lot yeah. of positive conversation about that. Still getting to watch Mandalorian Report, Jedi Temple Challenge. All sorts of fun stuff. Uh, but then I started reading Queen's Peril, uh, which, of course, is the uh, not new. It was uh, that book came out right during the heat of a lot of the civil unrest. So I think it wasn't super publicized. I didn't realize until after a week that it was out that mm-hmm. it had actually come out. Um, so Saturday, uh, I don't I, I really struggle with taking a day all the way off and so i was like on saturday i'm gonna try to take the day all the way off and my wife was like well what are you gonna do it's like i'm gonna read this star wars book And she's like aren't you gonna review that on force center isn't that work and it's like well yeah technically but it's (laughs) if i wasn't going to review it this is what i would want to do on saturday anyway which is a mark of having a good time yes uh in life pretty lucky but man i'm i'm loving it so much when it was announced Uh, the time period that it set in of just as Padme, uh, becomes queen. I was like, Oh, I'm really intrigued, but I don't, I don't know uh, if I'm that jazzed by that, um, time Mm. period. Uh, and boy was I wrong. You were wrong past me. Mm. Um, great, great stuff with Padme with the handmaidens diving into everything, uh, that we learned in Queen's shadow, but from a, you know, origin point of view. Um, And then, you know, I don't want to give any spoilers, but I did not realize how deep into Star Wars canon it was going to dive. Mm. And I'm really, really excited to to discuss it. You know, you and I will be reviewing it uh, as soon as we can, either in the next week, within the next two weeks. Um, yeah. But I can't wait to dig in. I'm about halfway through and I can't wait to finish. It's really great.
1: Uh, I'm excited. I saw some tweets come into Force Center about it, uh, even related to our Jar Jar Binks episode last week. And I'm excited. And I did uh, order it. And, you know, with everything going on in the world, if, if I order something and have the option to delay it, if I don't need it right away, I'll take that option. Well, you know, I'm still waiting on the book, but <laughs> it's coming soon. So, yes. Ken's peril. <laughs> so that's good, man. That's a good that's if, if, if that's a if that's a day off, that's a good day. off.
2: It was a good day off. It was really, really enjoyable. And then uh, I, I did stop to watch the news because I, I couldn't stop myself. But yeah, I still enjoyed Queen's peril. Anyway, uh, how was your week? How was your uh, life for Star Wars adventures?
1: You know, uh, all all things considered, you know, we're all right. We're all right. That's the answer. I give these last couple weeks. Yeah, 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 we're all right. But I'll <laughs> tell you what I did do. I I a lot of times when I'm doing work, uh, writing, prepping, I'm I'm trying to get trying to work hard to you know just be more diligent on. Uh, Prepping my week, my schedules, my shows, whatever it is. Uh, And so when I do that, I'll put on something on YouTube. A lot of, uh, you know, jokes aside, I love a good ASMR video or something to relax me in the background. But what I did uh, this past week is I finally put on that Christopher Nolan interviews George Lucas video that's out there. That's from oh wow a few years ago I I, I do believe uh, and, and I, I see it pop up every now and then I was like oh, oh and it popped up in the recommends which is one of those times where it's like oh the algorithm actually worked this time not uh, <laughs> shown me a, an angry car guy uh, YouTube Star Wars video that I have to say not interested on so I watched it and it, it is fascinating and, and it's George being George and you know it, being humble in some spots and yeah, we, you know we we created something great in the others uh, addressing some of the tensions with ILM back in the day, uh, which is always an interesting, it's always interesting because you hear, you know, you can't deny that part of the Star Wars story, even in Empire of Dreams, which is a pretty positive Lucasfilm created documentary about Star Wars. You know, John Dykstra even addresses it. Right. And so it's interesting to see George kind of dance around that at at times, but also addressed it and dressed it with Christopher Nolan, a director who was like, wait a minute, what you six months of, work and they had not one shot prepared for you and <laughs> it was fun but in the interview in the interview george is talking about about cars you know he's a car guy wanted to be a race car driver till the accident and he was telling a story i think he was talking with his son jet saying how look it's a little back in my day you know back in my day you know you 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 worked on the car you, you opened up the hood and you oil changed yourself you did this you have a flat you fix it and then george says nowadays you know, if your car if it breaks down, down on the road, you call
2: three A. Now, Triple A is what it's called. <laughs> I that's, was going to say, did he mean three M? Because that's <laughs> not right. <laughs> right, it's true. You get a uh, post it note from three M.
1: That is the generally accepted way to say <laughs> the, the automobile, automobile club Triple A. But George said three A, and Nolan doesn't stop die. T- I mean, nor Woody, uh, would he. I wouldn't expect it. <laughs> I have not stopped thinking about this (laughs) because one, it speaks to George who, you know, Han, Han, Leah, Leia, all those kind of things. he's, He's the leader of that lightsaber, laser sword, whatever you want to say, but also made me think, is this just an indication of how George sees the world so much differently than me and why he's the genius and I have not. Is it really 3A and am I the one who's wrong?
2: You know, sometimes, Ken, uh, I- as much as I love deep diving into Star Wars, I think sometimes a, a 3A is just a 3A. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's possible that this is not a, a mark of genius, but just a uh, not finding the right words. Maybe. Maybe
1: it's uh, George and the food court we always talk about. Just getting it wrong, Grandpa. Grandpa triple A. I don't care. All right. Anyways, it stayed with me. It was a lot of fun though. I do enjoy watching George speak. It's a it's an adventure every time.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I gotta watch that one because I think Nolan's a particularly interesting director to have him paired mm. with because I think Nolan is a extremely conceptual and special effects heavy director, right? Yeah. So
1: it was fascinating.
2: That, that, yeah. And I've seen him eat a burger at my one of my local <laughs> burger places. <laughs> Christopher
1: Nolan? Oh,
2: nice yep the old uh living in you know just the actual neighborhood yeah. of hollywood dance of like remember before you have any opinion about any pop culture look around you because there's every possibility it could have come up like yeah inception's a good movie but personally a little emotionally cold for me and like whoa no no wait he's sitting right there <laughs> he's right there that's awesome celebrities
1: they're just like us uh and george lucas uh, he has car problems every once in a while. I wonder if George still tinkers under the hood. All right, I'll stop. I'll stop. I'll stop. <laughs> no, it's
2: great. I Actually, to I mean that. Uh, I really want to hear. I'm going to go watch it because I want to hear the rest of that car thing. Yeah. Of because that's fascinating about the that yeah. you know I, I, when I called my dad for Father's Day this weekend, he was literally working on his 1950 Chevrolet truck still. <laughs> Still uh, adjusting the mm-hmm. valves to the exact right uh, number that he wanted, he thought would be best. So, it is, that is a fascinating difference. To it is. Be able to actually get your hands in there.
1: Yep, yep, yep. And George lives it. Uh, so, that is my Star Wars Adventures, Life Adventures. And now we're going to dive into the news, our look at uh, the news of the week. And, Joseph, uh, we talked about it a lot last week, but then the gameplay was revealed. Star Wars Squadrons, we now know. A lot more. There was a, a trailer out there. There was the EA Play online. All these things um, that a bunch of people with TikTok accounts probably watched, and I didn't. Uh, but we got this stuff here. I'm going to run through some stuff. And we'll go beat by beat and dive into it. Uh, and, and folks, I, I you know, I, I do play a lot of games. I, I when I say I'm not a <laughs> gamer, I, I, you know, I do game, I do game, I just I just don't get bogged down in a lot of the details um, I highly recommend going to Alex and Molly's channel, Star Wars Explained Alex knows all the stuff a little bit more, so I, I just want to I'm sliding on the surface of things a little bit here uh, The game will be in first person, and Ugg, says I, Ugh. Joseph, I just want to stop and talk about this a little bit here, alright all right. Uh, Now, the c- cockpit experience will be very immersive, a lot of things you gotta pay attention to, I'm all on board for that First person, and I get it's related probably to the VR option of the game. Uh, I'm just, I just got to pick my spirits up for this one.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, I think this is a part uh, of the way that entertainment and video games are promoted that, that five minute video was all hype, right? Yeah. But honestly, I would have liked to have my hand held. <laughs> I would have <laughs> liked to have them pat me on the back and say, this is why it's going to be okay if yes. there's no third person. This is why it's going to add incredibly new, cool gameplay. This is why it's not going to make you motion sick. This is why it's not going to make you constantly crash by clipping your wing on something that you didn't know was there. Like, mm. I, I kind of trust that that's the case, yeah. but I honestly wish that they had spent a little bit more time, mm. you know, upselling what was going to be cool about it and, and saying, don't worry about X, don't worry about Y. Not the buttons, but. <laughs> You know, yeah, the variables.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. Look, this isn't this isn't going to stop me from playing the game. This this isn't no. that. And and jokes aside, this isn't a, a Grandpa doesn't know how to play games. No, I just this I don't do first person well. I just I, I joke, but I think there's some truth in the fact that I've grown up playing sports games, and I need to see my pitcher. I need to see my quarterback. I need to see my batter. Like I I every time there's an option, including Battlefront Two or any Star Wars game to play from third person behind the character so I actually can see it moving. That's what I choose, so it'll be a bit of an adjustment. Again, not going to stop me. This isn't an angry video here. No, this isn't that. This is just me saying... Okay, I get it. I get what you're trying to do with the VR thing. Uh, I did do the Battlefront VR when it was the X-Wing thing. I went over to my friend JT's house and we, we, we actually uh, did a session and it, it was mind-blowing. So if if that's even better and everything, maybe that's an option too and, and I won't worry about it. And again, I don't think I'm going to worry about it, Joseph. It's just, It's just something I got to have to swallow my pride and my trepidation and do it.
2: Play. Yeah. Let, let, I, I need to emotionally process this just a little bit more because, uh, I think uh, we are not alone. I mm-hmm. immediately looked at all of the comments on the various official tweets and a ton of them are like really no, no third person option. I think like I, I loved rogue squadron and, you know, there's an option where you could, uh, click to cockpit view. And I, I would have loved to hear just a little bit more about the flight mechanics, about how much of, you know Mm -hmm. exactly how it's going to work how much you're 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 um if if there are moments where you kind of get railroaded where you're not flying you're shooting and you're making shield and engine choices or is it that you're always flying Uh, Mm -hmm. that would have been a little bit more gameplay information because like with the the rogue one cockpit thing like yeah it limits your view but if this whole thing is designed that way Mm -hmm. or rogue squadron if this whole thing is designed that way i would assume it's going to be uh uh you're going to have to work a little harder to crash. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, no, I'm with you. And, and, and this is a great video package here, but it was a little bit of a, uncha, 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 you're going to fly. Um, <laughs> I agree with you there. Anyways, it, it, folks, if, if it sounds negative, I'm, I'm very excited about this game. This is just, uh, it's just a thing. It's just a thing with me. All right. Uh, you know, um, I didn't I didn't play Doom when it was so popular because I didn't <laughs> see my Doom guy. Uh, One of the other things, though, that was emerged is you can customize your cockpit. This is a fun little thing. If you're going to be stuck in it, you might as well customize it. And that means hello, Ewok bobblehead. What you feel about that?
2: Oh, just endless amounts of joy! Yeah. It was just great. I mean, it, it, that that was the best sort of upsell to the cockpit. Like again, until I get in there with the actual gameplay, I love the idea of like you're going to get a little bit more the actual actual pilot perspective. You have to manage shields and speed and all that stuff. That that's a little bit closer to simulating, uh, you know, mm-hmm. a pilot's experience uh, rather than just making your ship go zoom. Um, but then the the customization, that idea of like I want to stay in my cockpit because I can yeah. see my bobbleheads, uh, that makes me. That's the thing that made me feel like, give me the game now. Yeah, yeah,
1: just fun. And look, I uh, as here I am going, eh, first person, shake my fist at it. Uh, I saw some people upset that, oh, now Funko Pops are canon in Star Wars, and to them I say, just enjoy life a little bit. So I'll use my own (laughs) advice on me first person, if you all agree to do that, if you don't like the Ewok bobblehead. I thought it was a good idea, and I'm sure there'll be other options as well.
2: I think that there is an ancient Sith planet in the unknown regions called Funko, Yeah, (laughs) and I think that's going to be the plot... (laughs) Yes, of Star Wars squad- squadrons is you have to find your way to Funko. I love this idea. The um, game is going to be centered at first
1: around a single player play, single player story, uh, featuring the Vanguard Squadron versus the Titan Squadron. I do believe uh, Titan is the Imperial one, uh, and you'll fly for both. For the pilots, and then you'll uh, move into other multiplayer battles and modes. The dogfight, uh, dogfight is five v five, and then fleet battles, which is the signature uh, mode of the game. It's a multi-stage conflicts. You'll have uh, you'll have a squad. You have to meet up in a briefing room, and you all have to. You know, load up accordingly and talk it out. You can do a lot of this single player, though, and do it against AI, which me, the loner, will probably do more of. But this will be uh, this will be fun for at least a couple Friday nights, pouring a drink, getting online. Um, and, and maybe, you know, me, Scrimshaw, Damon, Damon, and uh, a, a lucky fifth will compete uh, for <laughs> the glory of the Republic. Uh, what do you think about all this stuff here? Including, again, going back to the single player mode to kind of start you out, Joseph.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm ex- I'm really excited about the the single player. It, you know, it's I've seen some tweets from people working on the writing. Uh, I'm so interested in this time period. It's so close to uh, Alphabet Squadron, uh, the the series of novels. It, it's got the potential to feature lots of cool people. Obviously, people are really excited to see Hera and uh, Ray Sloan in mm-hmm. the trailer. So I'm really hoping for some juicy actual story. Um, Battlefront 2, the story mode, you and I have talked about a lot. Some favorite quotes, some favorite ideas come from that Mm storyline. So I'm excited to fly and possibly crash with my bobbleheads. I'm hoping for Porgs, Uh, Porg bobblehead. But then, man, the story is what I'm really excited for.
1: Yeah, that is where I'm at as well. Any trepidation I might have about how I'm going to play the game or (laughs) how much I'll crash is uh, swept aside. By the story behind it, the, some of the names associated with it, and even already, you know, no secret, we as Force Center, uh, as, as as a collective, as a team, love Hera. We love Ray Sloan. Really excited. I just did the Star Wars Ranked on Ray Sloan uh, a couple weeks ago. And, and that, that just brings me so much joy, but also just like, great, we are going to get something of consequence, and I like that a lot.
2: yeah. Yeah.
1: You have to log flight time in all eight ships uh, to get online. I don't know if that meant that, Allegedly, before you're allowed to go online and face 12-year-olds in Topeka, you need to log some flight time so you can be ready to be killed in two seconds. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, But this is, uh, it was fun. It was a fun little reveal. But then this kind of unintentionally got people upset because, Joseph, it's missing the B-Wing. What say you about the B-Wing controversy?
2: Uh, I, I like the B wing as well. And I, I would say maybe give it time, you know, if there's, if the, the episode is, or the episode, if the video game is popular, uh, maybe that's going to be an expansion. You know,
1: I have faith in the expansion. I really do. I, I, I feel the loss. I, I want to fly. I love my Y wings, but always fascinated about a B wing. Like how does that work? What's going on? And to be, if, if, if it's so immersive, this game is, it's promising, uh, then I think the B wing would benefit from that immersion into uh, into the uh, weird little cockpit and the 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 flippy flippity do uh,
2: aspect of the B wing. There, I wonder if there are just like some physics going on too, because almost all of the other cockpits are centralized to the ship, mm. and the B wing is like, yeah, you you got a lot of ship that's not you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Behind the. Uh... That's, yeah, in a totally different part of the screen. A lot of movement, a lot of shaking.
1: A lot a lot revealed. We're covering kind of the basics here. Like I said, more will be revealed over time. Uh, very excited about the Ray Sloan thing. Hera as well. Definitely excited about what's going on. And even the time period, I, I enjoy that. I, I love, I, I really love the Battle of Jakku. So if we can lead up to that or get some more information uh, around that time, I'm all for it. Uh, so, again, no secret. I'm I'm slapping down my Republic credits to get this. I, I I bet you are too, Joseph. So that aside, what do we think of this game right now with a little more information behind it?
2: Oh, I like it. I'm, the the more we talk about it, even uh, even with my concern about the first person, I'm really intrigued to try it. Mm-hmm. And even if I don't super love the gameplay or it's or I'm not super good at it, I'm there for the story. I really like that they made it very clear that it's going to be customizable. That you get to be your own pilot, and you you know get to unlock new things just by playing so they're making it really clear it's not a loot box thing mm-hmm. uh which you know hurt Battlefront 2's launch that controversy so I like that they made that super super clear so yeah I want to I want to personalize uh, a pilot and mm. fly fly with a Trandojian and yeah <laughs> uh, Mimbanese and and fly around and try to free the galaxy or you know you know yeah. terrorize the galaxy as the empire <laughs> as well yeah. so I'm super excited in the the other main thing that I really I'm going to keep in mind for myself is I think that uh, we need to do a good job of listening to creators when they say what this is. Mm-hmm. And they said, it's a smaller scale focused game for 40 bucks. Mm-hmm. So I don't expect that much. I am more than happy to pay $40 to pretend to fly an X-Wing.
1: <laughs> I actually love that you say it that way and put the focus on that. Hey, 40 bucks is still 40 bucks. It's like a couple uh, cups of coffee at a high end coffee shop here in LA. So <laughs> I'll be all right. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, again, even for Four Center alone, we'll, we'll be on board giving it a try. But I I like what you're saying because it even reminds me to just be like, cool, it's going to be this fun little corner you can go to, just like Battlefront is uh, for me right now, where yeah, I just want to go around, and shoot some droids. Boom, let me fire this up. It's part of being a Star Wars fan, all the aspects of it that you get to enjoy. And this could be one of them as well. So. From there, we go to, well, kind of another game. Uh, We got another one coming out. Uh, The Star Wars uh, Skywalker Saga LEGO game is on the way. And to help celebrate the Skywalker Saga ahead of the new LEGO video game and also promote the game, we've got new LEGO sets. These are sets that will be uh, in the game. They'll have some significance to them in the game. The sets include, but are not limited to, the Night Buzzard, which is, uh, you know, uh, you got all the uh, the heavy metal Knights of Ren there. Soulless <laughs> One, uh, Grievous' Ship, which includes Obi-Wan, ready to kill him. Uh, Death Star Final Duel, which, ooh, I started salivating. And yet another AT-AT set. I already have one myself. This is like the Falcon. When they can re-release it, they'll find a way to re-release it. And then I'm usually there buying it there. So first of all, and I left some off there, Joseph. Uh, any of those or some of the other ones grab your attention.
2: Oh yeah, these are these are great to look at and say which one would I buy if I could allow myself to collect <laughs> <a> Lego because <laughs> I just can't. But you no, know, no, very very excited by the night buzzard. You know the minifigs are so successful about making me go which which minifigs right. do I want and. The, the Rise of Skywalker Ray, and I believe those two knights are end. I believe it Cardo and Kurok because those mm-hmm. are the two that uh carry carry blasters. Wow. Um, and both those guys have blasters. Ah, I love I love the soulless one, that's a great ship. It's yeah. an underrated, uh, awesome design of a ship. So that one grabbed me, and then I just kind of liked because it was uh, fun to be pedantic. Uh, I liked that the AAT, uh, the uh, armored assault yeah. tank with the battle droids comes with a final season of Clone Wars, Ahsoka, and Clone Trooper. Right. Even though they don't fight in AAT. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Uh, Technically. uh, Yeah, no, that's right. And I I know we're potentially getting some more um, Clone Wars Season 7 stuff down the line, some other uh, items, but yeah, nice to have it there. Uh, So here's uh, kind of the significance. Every set, like I said, will be in the video game, as as well as the minifigs. However, some of them will require an unlock code, and you get that unlock code with these sets. I don't recall anything uh, this, <laughs> this uh, way in, in terms of marketing before. Um, so, Joseph, what do you think about the unlock code? And, you know, we love Star Wars, but what do you think about this marketing tactic?
2: Uh, you know, uh, it is, it is an obvious, uh, marketing tactic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It is one of those things that I try to keep forward in my mind that I love the story of Star Wars and the idea of Star Wars and then just a healthy reminder like we did with the Disney gallery. Mm -hmm. This is exactly what this company wants us to know. We are watching a press release. Um, so I do try to remember that. And this is one of those times where it it is not hard to be reminded.
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yes, Star Wars is a beautiful story. It was not founded as a nonprofit by George Lucas in 1977. It is meant to make money. Um, yeah. uh, so I like this, and I, I do wonder if this is an effort to try to keep physical toys alive uh because if a lot of kids are gravitating toward video games this is a fun way to say look this this physical thing that we can we shut off the any screens and we build this together and then you get it in the video game is a way to encourage uh, a celebration of uh physical toys and some non-screen time as well
1: yeah that's 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 not a bad idea uh you know in terms of just hey let's all uh uh, play outside, outside, or at least on a on a dining room table with your family. But also, it's diabolically smart, so <laughs> it can work. And you know, it's gonna probably work on me. Like the Night Buzzard and Soulless One and Death Star Final Duel, they got they've got a future in my closet. So <laughs> I'll be yeah. Let it. me
2: be perfectly clear. If this was you, you buy a Funko Pop and then you can have that Funko Pop on your cockpit in Star Wars uh, Squadrons, Right. right. Uh, I would be lined up around the block. I would clone myself to line up around the block multiple times. Uh, Like multiplicity, Michael Keaton. Hey, he was Batman
1: and is again. Uh, we got a final headline here. Three images released from the upcoming Star Wars Dark Legends from uh, the artist Grant Griffin. George Mann is writing this book, Uh, This is kind of a a follow-up or in the same vein of Star Wars Myths and Fables. Same team did that. Be released July 28th, 2020. Cool shot of uh, like a Sith character with like a curved hook lightsaber in front of the uh, Sith throne on Exegol was the highlight for me, at least. Uh, These books will play with stories, myths, legends, and decidedly stay around canon, but never truly in it. Uh, what What are our thoughts on these types of books and stories,
2: Joseph? I was uh, really excited about this one. I really like that uh, visual. There's the great uh, image of Vader with an Imperial officer uh, not doing well, uh, reflected in the eyes of Vader. Right. I love that weird hooked lightsaber. It looks like he was going to, like he's a, uh, you know, working vaudeville and somebody's act <laughs> needs to end. <laughs> yes. I <laughs> thought he was a Sith hook.
1: Yeah. I thought he was maybe a Sith fisherman. Like uh going to get this. <laughs> yeah. it's great.
2: It's great. It should be like, it should be weird, right? Mm-hmm. But it it is weird, but in a beautiful way. Um, I you know this is interesting with the news that we cover because uh, a lot of times it is about hey some more toys, some more games, some more books, and I get to a a time limit where I just like I don't I really I truly don't have time to absorb everything that's yeah. being put out, and that's the way I felt about the Star Wars myths and fables. I was really excited about it when the news broke, and then I just I didn't have time. I think I'm going to make time for this Dark Legends because I really liked in this this StarWars.com article mm-hmm. announcing it and reading about it, uh, how much it's really leaning into the overlap of the Star Wars mythos with horror in general and gothic horror specifically. Right. I love that first early scenes in Rise of Skywalker, particularly when Kylo first gets uh, to Exegol, mm-hmm. how much it feels like a horror movie, like an early universal horror movie even. Yeah. Um, and I like that the Sith represent that horror influence in Star Wars and that this book is is going to dive into that. Uh, I, I really want to spend some time with that.
1: You're making me more excited than I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, it comes down to time. Um, I make odd cuts that sometimes are at odds with things I preach. Like, I, I love canon, but I always say don't be bogged down by canon. But when I hear that these are, I mean, you know, they're myths, they're fables, they're tales. Uh, they may or may not affect anything in the Star Wars universe. I skip over them more easily than I would otherwise. This is why Freemaker Adventures, I believe in my heart that you and Jennifer are 100% right that this is a great show that's rewarding in its own way. But because I know it's not specifically canon... I skip over it, easier. I don't and, and I have to that's for me to figure out. Yeah. Um but you know, describing what you know, describing it as as you are just this this, this gothic horror, the story, you know, it's it's all, spending time on Exgol in any way shape or form, even if it's just a story passed down through the, the the history
2: of inside of Star Wars,
1: that excites me. That excites me. So, maybe I'll have to make some time
2: yeah i'm really curious to see how the book handles it too because it's a part of actual canon that mm-hmm. i'm really intrigued by we we've got a little bit more uh information in canon about how general citizens of the galaxy perceive the jedi at different times of the jedi existence right but exactly how people in the star wars galaxy in modern canon perceive the sith at different times you know mm-hmm. um it, 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 i think that's even part of the tension in rise of skywalker when uh we have the, the really fast information about Palpatine returning of the somehow Palpatine returned that kind of gets poked fun at, uh, by people. And of course the, the famous Beaumont kin line, um, mm-hmm. that it feels like the Sith are even more, uh, they weren't quite real, were they? That wasn't our actual government, was it? And right. I, I'm curious to see if, if this will add any flavor to that of, these are the stories about these, you know, mm-hmm. uh, unreal monsters. That couldn't be that's, that's Palpatine couldn't benefit one of those you know is that like right. saying like hey a president you didn't like in real life was a chupacabra right yeah. like that's <laughs> unbelievable right
1: yeah that's uh that's exactly what it is yeah uh yes no I, I i like that take on it especially as as it's related to the sith that's a that's a fascinating side conversation uh, i was re-watching Royce skywalker last week to to study in vain and uh yeah just the the fact that even in the first order people are like oh come on what are, who are these people Yeah. I like that. So, yeah, maybe uh, it'll factor in. Well, uh, July 28, 2020, the book can be in your hands, everybody. Uh, That is a look at news. I will say this, as we were going to air, there was some news coming out about some potential new figures, including a Black Series 6-inch Cardinal figure. Um, I, uh, we'll, we'll cover that if, if needed next week, uh, a lot of the little tiny details in the figure releases or rumors and stuff, we don't necessarily, uh, always cover here at Four Center, but just want to acknowledge that some of that stuff was being talked about as we were pressing record on our machines. So, uh, we are going to take a quick break, but before we do, we're going to have our Force Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try
2: out on us. Joseph, what is today's winner? This one's going to be a shocker. It's Queen's Peril by E.K. Johnston. I am really enjoying the heck out of it, and we're going to be talking about it soon. So get it in your ears. Mm, Put it into
1: your ears today. Download your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com slash force center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audiobook. We'll be right back after this to take a look at... The Jedi Temple Challenge episode from last week, the third one, and your questions from Twitter and Patreon. More coming here, right here on Four Center, the superstar destroyer of the fleet. Uh, we have two now. That's the answer. All right, <laughs> we'll stick around.
0: 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com/work. shopify.com/work.
2: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing mint mobile unlimited premium wireless ready to get 30 30 to get 30 to get 20 20 20 to get 20 20 to get 15 15 15 15 just 15 bucks a month so give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch
0: 45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com
2: jewelry isn't a gift you give just once
0: Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.
2: Emerging from the data pits of our Super Star Destroyer. We have two, and we are going to talk some Jedi Temple Challenge. Right, Ken?
1: We are going to dive into this fun show, this game show for all ages, but definitely for kids. It's part of the Star Wars experience, and we're here to review it. Take a look at uh, the lessons and the moments that we loved. and We had three teams, as always, the blue, orange, and purple. We had Haley and Sean. as the blue team, Tobin and Evan. The orange team, Tate and Dodge, purple. I love that's a that's a good team. Tate and Dodge are USA characters. Welcome, detective agency there. And uh, you know, by the way, spoilers if you haven't caught up on Jedi Temple Challenge. Uh, Tate and ja- Dodge became the Jedi. They resisted the dark side and took the time to get right answers. That's uh, an interesting lesson there. I loved uh, Joseph on this one specifically. They were just like, weren't even bothered by the dark side. They were so just like, walked it on their own. Building.
2: <laughs> they really were. They were not even remotely uh, uh, attempted. Uh, it was fun to see some of the challenges uh, get switched up again. And yeah. in that challenge, it did, did really seem like they had a lot more uh, patience uh, for one another. And what do you know? It paid off. It's almost like Star Wars wisdom really works.
1: Yeah. And even in the uh, final, the two the on two, uh, two, two battle or the, the two teams in the uh, spaceship there, Um, they took their time to communicate and get the answers and look from competing in trivia contests to just, uh, before you tweet, taking your time to get it right. is a (laughs) viable lesson to me.
2: Although I have to say in the the second part, the, uh, the knowledge part, uh, where they're answering basically trivia questions about the great little story that they heard, Mm -hmm. um, I I I felt for Haley. Uh, You know, it's I I feel awful to watch a show and then have, you know, favorites of children competing. But Haley was great. Haley had a lot of wisdom. I love that she described herself as silent but deadly. Uh, And she (laughs) in that in the second round uh, for the knowledge, you know, she picked the uh, treasure chest where the answer was locked. But wasn't the lock on the treasure chest? So was she I think she should have challenged that by movie (laughs) trivia schmodown rules. She should have challenged that.
1: Yeah. Oh,
2: I love you. I love you. Yes, uh, I had. I think I would have
1: gone the same way. But uh, yeah, I love that. And you're right. She had in the little postal uh, little interview they do there for each team when they when they go back to the temple for for further training. Uh, She said, uh, even though we struggled, we could still get through it. And I feel that is the big lesson of the show. It's not everything's easy. Not everything worth it is easy. And even then, you can just have some failures and obstacles along the way. But Joseph, by golly, you can get through it.
2: Yeah, you can get through it and you can uh, learn for next time. And yeah, this this episode was just delightful because I just I thought that everybody had that uh, that great spirit of we are we are challenging ourselves and we are trying to do the best job we can do. And I thought uh, Haley and Sean did a great job. And yeah, we, we do need that lesson. Right. Because we talk about that a lot from uh it gets focused on i think in empire and last jedi uh, and to a lesser degree attack the clones all the second acts that you know you learn from from failure and that's such a healthy way to approach uh, a fun game show like this
1: yeah and even as you're working through big projects or big changes everything it's it's not easy it's not hard but keep on going till morning the change will come the work will get there uh, this you mentioned the story. These, these are fast becoming one of my favorite parts of Jedi Temple Challenge are these uh, stories that 83 tells uh, Mary Holland does a great job uh, in this one. There's a there was a lot in this one. Yeah. Yeah. Go
2: ahead. No. do you have, Do you have a favorite moment? No, I just, I love the cannon dump, right? Like, I mean, I know, like, they they slipped in. uh, Jackson. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Jackson's always slipping in places. Sometimes he's just got to barge in through the front door. Um, But, man, I mean, a a new Moss, I think, uh, on Tatooine, Moss Zabu, uh, you know? We know there's other settlements, so that was great to hear about that. Uh, A yuzum, right? I mean, one of, it's hard to find things that a lot of Star Wars fans uh, agree on, but I know Many people are not a fan of uh, Zhao Yauza mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> who is a, a Yuzum. So it was great to see another Yuzum pop up and, and another another Hut get a shout out.
1: Yeah, a lot of that. I, I mean, and, and because it was wrapped around pod racing, I think immediately we kind of perk up like, ooh, in addition to the ranks of pod racers and stuff that we like. The, the documentary that will one day come out about the Buntiv classic will now factor in stuff in this <laughs> story. So I loved it there. Yeah, and uh, Joe Yazza
2: not being on his own anymore to take the heat. I think that's good. <laughs> He's got some uh, company to be the most despised yeah. yasm.
1: My uh, big final question
2: from this year, and it, it comes from the story, what do we think Bantha Sludge Stew is? Yeah, you know, as soon as that came up, because we got a lot of that. We have Jawa juice that we know is not made by Jawas, which invites the... <laughs> Is it cool. made, how did it get, maybe, maybe some things are best left on you. <laughs> a mystery of the forest. I felt that way a little bit about Bantha sludge stew, but i am be honest, as soon as I saw this question on your notes, it was just like, uh, it's uh, some sort of intestinal fluid. <laughs> yes. Right. Right. There was a great turn of phrase there about how long it was going to take the Yuzum to get it out of its fur and other places or something like that.
1: <laughs> something like that. Um, look, I think we're all going to find out because I, I, I'm campaigning right now that this should be an option at uh, Galaxy's Edge. Uh, so <laughs> we'll all find out. But yeah. Look, you know I'm a fan of cottage cheese, and then anytime someone tries to explain what it is, I I say uh, I'm going to stop you right there and uh, get <laughs> on your way. So bantha sludge stew, uh, who knows what it is, but it's a bright neon green. Did ever did I remember? I don't know if I did. I pass the test. Did I get a question right there? I can't remember if that was. What I, I think I saw. it
2: was green. Yes. Ooh. Um. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see but
1: I love that kind of stuff. And yeah, you mentioned John you, so I'm glad you did. This is not like some super
2: cute thing. They added for a kids game show.
1: That <laughs> tracks. That tracks. I think George would have created that.
2: Oh yeah. 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 Uh, I was delighted to hear Frank Oz use the kids specific names again, right. uh, because I think he did in the first and then not in the second. Anytime you can hear Yoda say uh, kids names. I love it. It, it made me think I'm going to keep watching Jedi temple challenge because I'm enjoying it, but I want to watch for the day that a kid named Liam wins, so we can hear Yoda say Liam again.
1: Liam, it's so funny you mentioned because I I love in Last Jedi when Yoda says Ray actually says the name Ray. Yeah, it, it makes me giggle. Like it's all it's all real. Yeah. You know, Yoda knows who Ray is. It's crazy. So yeah, to hear mm, Tate, mm, Dodge, mm. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure it's uh, ex- even more exciting for them. So that is uh, our look at Jedi Temple Challenge for this week. We'll keep you updated on the show uh, all through the first season, the first run here, 10 episodes in total coming our way. So uh, from there, though, we're going to go to audience questions, Joseph.
2: That is right. We always get audience questions from uh, both Twitter uh, and Facebook and our uh, patrons on Patreon. This week we're going to Twitter. So starting with a Twitter user with the handle Star Wars Mythos. Star Wars Mythos says... Do you think that the First Order is a goofy, failed Neo version of the Empire, or do you think that the First Order is more powerful? All personal favoritism aside, which is more threatening, the Empire or the First Order/final Order slash Final Order? There's a lot to unpack, and that is great. So let's kind of take the, uh, the first half. Uh, do you think the First Order is a goofy, failed version of the Empire, or, or do you think the First Order is truly more powerful, Ken?
1: I, I think it is, I mean, Goofy's a, uh, you know, I'll say Goofy failed Neo version, but, you know, it's a pretty dangerous kind of Goofy, but that's what I love, and I think it's still, it's still very much connects and all works for me with the idea of even the Sith uh, Eternal and Palpatine behind a lot of it there. I go to Moden Kennedy, I go I go to a lot of stuff in Last Jedi, of just surrounded by Egypts as your supervisors, and a lot of people not fully getting it, just mindless you know, power thirsty, fascism, uh, you know, in, in these young ranks there. And uh, I still go to that. And that's why it probably didn't work. It could have maybe even worked better. Uh, you know, not that we want it to work better, I should point out. But, <laughs> that, you know, if, if, if they if they kind of carried on, I don't know. So anyways, I, I, I say it is a failed version. Uh, regardless of Palpatine's involvement behind the scenes or not, because, again, he wasn't there to run day-to-day operations or didn't have someone as qualified as Tarkin. He might have had that in Ray Sloan, but I think Ray Sloan probably found herself at odds with what was happening uh, and, and might have been part of the reason she was taken out or left or all of the above.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I I think I I love that it is in some ways just is terrifying because obviously they had huge amounts of weaponry. They did destroy the Hosdian system and they did uh, successfully uh, terrorize. It appears large parts of the unknown regions and then uh, infiltrate uh, the galaxy as we know it. So they were real successful at uh, terrorizing people. But I think the big difference to me in the storytelling that I like to think about a lot is the difference of a Government being corrupted from the inside, the way that the Republic was turned into the Empire. And, you know, we talked uh, on our recent Star Wars Ranked Father's Day episode about uh, Garrick Versio, right? And so many people who were true believers, and maybe, maybe they absolutely did come to believe. Some of the despicable beliefs of the empire, some of the uh, racism and some of the, we think, limiting people's personal freedoms and having total control is better. But how much of that, how much of the success of the empire was the propaganda of don't question it. It's the government. It's the same government. It's just better than it was before now that those traitors Jedi are gone and now that we run your factories for you and pay you less, you know. That's better for you. We, the government, decided that. I think there's a power Mm. to that manipulation and the propaganda versus the First Order kind of just coming back very quickly and dominating mostly, yes, through some propaganda, but ultimately through physical force of destroying the Hosnian system.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's a part of me that goes, look, the first order might be more dangerous cuz they they're wild, they're loose, they're crazy, they're 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 a loose cannon, you don't know. But then yeah, what you're describing with the empire, I mean, that is the slow creeping threat that suddenly is around your neck. It's that's 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 bad, you know? Like that's that that is uh, what George was trying to say. Uh, so that is well. I'll go with I'll go with the Empire. It's like we're rooting for a weird <laughs> reverse team here.
2: Yeah, uh, and then the, the second part of Star Wars Mythos is uh, great questions. Of uh, all personal favoritism aside, which is more threatening, the Empire or the First Order slash Final Order? Well, that gets more complicated, right? Because we know that uh, the Final Order ships would have increased the uh, power of the first order 10,000-fold. I memorized that for a trivia contest, so I'm going to damn well say it on the podcast. 10,000-fold. What what do you think about that? What do you think about the raw power the raw threat of the empire versus the first order slash final order
1: i mean i guess the final order had not only the ten thousand fold but they all had planet destroying weapons on it right there so uh, in a one-to-one comparison i think i think they're a little bit more threatening um again not that the empire yeah follow me here like i don't think they wanted to go around destroying planets i think they did i think Krennic definitely did Tarkin did, but you know what I mean? Like there, there was kind of some thought of if we build this death star, we won't have to waste energy on the actual oppression. It can go back through the uh, actual oppression through government channels and this, and that, and uh, you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not trying to say P- Tarkin was all about uh, not fighting. He was, but you know what I mean? Like with the first order, the final order just was like, we're going to, we're going to tear this all down.
2: I mean, yeah. I don't know. I think there's a, I think there's a real power to that. That I I like that is the ultimate story of of Palpatine. If we get this arc of like, well, I I sort of corrupt the government, and at first everybody's literally applauding for an empire because they've been under war and they've had the separatists to to see as this threat, and they can see it as a you know a safe and secure society. Uh, but then as uh, as I clamp down, there's more and more resistance. So eventually, I'm going to build this big gun, the Death Star, and uh, when I have that threat, I can just wipe out the Senate and I can kind of do away with even pretending to be open to any other, uh, ideas and, and and just control. Uh, he tries that twice. (laughs) He loses his death ball both times. Uh, and then by the time he kind of puppeteers the first order and the final order together, any, any illusion of, hey I've got a better idea for government this will be better for you as a society any sort of subtlety or politics or ideology is stripped away from it and it's literally just I am sending a broadcast to the entire galaxy saying you know you will burn the Sith have returned and I'm going to point a gun at every planet attacks on all free worlds begin I love that storytelling of that's what it's become for him he, he's yeah. done with subtlety it's just uh force yeah and not not the good force <laughs> the dark side of the force dark totally side. uh yeah no, no manipulation no no subtly convincing you to give up your freedom yeah. taking your freedom by force love it yeah i mean don't
1: love it but yes good. <laughs> good explanation of it
2: yeah so uh i think they're both scary is my ultimate answer to star yeah, wars mythos yeah. it's a it's a it's a tale of one of them totally trying to eventually dominate by nothing but brute uh, force and mm-hmm. the other uh, a tale of both brute force and ideological manipulation uh any final thoughts on that one before we move on ken
1: now a lot to think about uh, good question star wars mythos
2: yeah thank you we go on to a question from carl lind and carl says besides adding drama do you think cutting off Luke's hand was put in the script to grab the audience's attention for the big father reveal? Bam! Dismemberment! Put your phone down and pay attention! I know people didn't have their cell phones in the theater in 1980. Uh, I think that's uh, a great, fun way to ask a question, but a uh, a great question to ask. Was it really, did you get people to go like, yeah, 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 They're they're fighting, it's good versus evil, and then, whoa, no, I'm going to sit up and pay attention.
1: I think it could have worked that way. I, I, I got to think George was already, by this point, knew what he was doing. You know, again, the the story of when he decided to make Vader Luke's father, you know, it, it's, it's a fun tale to dive into. But I, I think I think the, the real reason was the loss, the turning into his father, all those kind of things. Not that he was necessarily building to the specific moment in Return of the Jedi, but I think a lot of that groundwork might have been there. But I think it effect- it's effectively works like Carl's suggesting that if you're watching empire in 1980 or whenever you watch it for the first time and you're not aware of the the story. Yeah. You're thinking good guy, good guy's going to save the day. Right. That's, that's uh, the, why people I think love empire. The legacy of it is uh, it it flips that on its head a bit. So that probably made you sit up in your your seat a
2: little more straight, like, Whoa, you know? Yeah. 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 And and put down the cell phone of your mind, put down your pager. <laughs> uh yeah yeah um do I can't even think of what mobile did uh, stop writing in your Moleskine notebook um <laughs> yeah i think for me i i think carl's is really on to something because we have as star wars fans kind of made the the fathers day jokes for years of like you know maybe he should have found a different time to tell him other than <laughs> right after <laughs> you severed his hand uh but i feel like it is intended as and works as an emotional record scratch in a way um, that you almost think that the question is can Luke defeat Vader in battle and I feel like that moment is no that's not what what's at stake that's never what was at stake he can maybe get some hits in but no he absolutely at this point can't physically defeat Vader and that's not even what he should be worried about right now it should be it's this emotional truth that he needs to grapple with that's the real challenge here.
1: Mm, yeah. All all boils down to a hand flying off.
2: <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I, I think it um, I think there are a lot of great beats in action scenes like this of like how do you segue away from the action and and, and make it still in that moment, but make it narrative that you really know why a character is making a choice. It's why I've always liked, even back to 2005, liked the high ground moment. Yeah. Because we, it's this kind of uh, uh, emotional beat to really focus on. Characters are making decisions uh, and and we need to understand exactly why.
1: Yeah. A a good pause, an emotional pause, if that works. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. An emotional pause. Put your phone down because Anakin's going to lose some limbs. Uh, And I guess in this instance, Put your phone down for Luke losing a limb. Uh, great question from Carl. We're going to move on to Patreon. Uh, this is, we're going to stay on our hand theme. This is from Joshua Thorne, and Joshua says, One, losing a limb or a hand is a pretty popular trope in Star Wars. I'm always reminded of it for a split second when Poe and Rose crash the First Order shuttle in the base on crate. When they both stick their hands out and wave them, saying, Don't shoot. I wonder if Ryan ever for a second considered using that shot as an opportunity to pay homage to this trope. What would have been your reaction if one of the two did indeed get their hand shot off <laughs> because they were just waving it in the air. Like they did not care. <laughs> Ken, you are at the, the world premiere of last Jedi. How would you have reacted if in that moment, uh, <laughs> who, who, who knows Scytherin Ollie blows off Rose's hand?
1: Uh, yeah, I don't, uh, I think it would have been a a large collective, large intake of breath, uh, in in that (laughs) screening. Um, yeah, no, I think Ryan did a lot of things intentionally, Joshua. Uh, I think, uh, this would not have, uh, not have worked for me, but it's not about it. I'll tell you what, it would have been unintentionally funny. I don't know if that's a good thing, but if like, like you said, just the image of that, Hey, Oh, like, Whoa. We're checking things off
2: boxes there. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I really love it as a comedy beat. I don't yeah. think, uh, and and yeah. I I think Josh was having some fun here. I yeah. I think that would have been a a comedy beat that derailed everything else going on in that uh, part of the movie. But it's just like a random comedy beat in like a, an episode of Mandalorian. I think that would be hilarious. So like what? Don't shoot! And then, oh, sorry, your hand. That is, a, that is a great robot chicken sketch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like um do you have do you have some more thoughts on this because i have no, a, a no. follow-up question for you
1: yeah no no i was just trying to think of uh of of in last jedi did we actually get the dismemberment that we uh, always seem to want in these movies i know w- there was going to be one with phasma that didn't make the cut but i'm trying to think i, I don't think we actually right. Did.
2: Well, I think, I think for limb removals uh, in the sequel trilogy, uh, we, we've got a stretch. We've got the Tar's tentacles being cut off by the door in The Force Awakens. Mm. And uh, technically, Snoke's uh, arms do get uh, cut off in Last Jedi when the hero's blade goes all the way through him. Uh, no, but we don't have a real classic, you know, uh, Luke to Vader, uh, Obi-Wan to Zam Wessel. We don't have a classic, specific, tactical hand removal <laughs> and that's what I wanted to ask you about Are you? I, how do you feel about that do you Do you miss uh, tactical
1: hand removal I really don't I don't I know look, I, I even Oh, well, actually I think I finally got rid of it when I moved but uh, I did have that shirt that was going around uh, you can buy in, you know ripped apparel or tea crunchy or whatever I don't know whatever uh, that um, was all the severed limbs on a t-shirt yeah. So I, I definitely get it. I like it. Um, I, I've got a bad feeling about this It's one that I love and want in everything for here to the end of star Wars time, but the, the hand one or the dismemberment of anything, eh, you know, I, I, I could leave it or take
2: it. Take yeah. It. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is, this is beautiful, Ken. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, we, we look for moments where you and I have a different take and damn it. <laughs> I wanted a hand removal. I wanted a nice clean right. hand removal. Um, Going into Last Jedi, you know, I I think especially from the trailer of Luke Skywalker literally telling us this is not going to go the way you think. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't expect to have these real specific poetry of Luke lost his hand, Anakin lost his arm to Dooku. I didn't expect Rey to lose uh, a hand, but I did kind of think that somewhere in the sequel trilogy we would get like a tactical hand removal. Um, And I'm trying to think of like... uh, i think uh, part of it was like rise of skywalker there was a real effort to i think to balance ray's um fear of of her own uh, ability to cause harm right. with uh her inherent kindness you know we we see her heel a vexus. so we're not going to get a wampa moment you know she would rather a mind trick the troopers if she can she, she does blow a few away mm-hmm. so i just think I don't know where I would put it is what I'm wrestling with, but I do wish somewhere in the uh, the whole thing there was a, a hand chopping.
1: You know what it could have been? It could have been when Ben Solo is fighting the Knights of Ren. Maybe he does a quick little move before he gets the lightsaber, or maybe after, and maybe with the, with the saber, and cuts off one of the Knights of Ren's
2: arms. I guess he does take a, an arm off of one of the uh cultists, right? Right, right, that's true. But it's kind of lackluster. It's like he's not even into it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Come on. We want... Yeah, we want some... What's a passion in our dismemberment?
2: Afterthought. Like, yeah, but I just, I love it as a Jedi philosophy of like, with maybe it's mo- mostly Obi-Wan, huh? but uh, Pona Baba and Zam Wessel, but yeah.
1: <laughs> it's an Obi-Wan. In, in the Kenobi series, every episode has to end with him slashing <laughs> someone's hand in <to>
2: <laughs> Oh, I hope it's in the Kenobi series. I also like that, the idea that when uh, Anakin gets soak as a Padawan and, and Obi-Wan's like, remember, just to teach her everything I taught you, remember, Hands first. <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> Tell your on, hands first. Gotcha. I will. Uh, I will meditate on where I think a, a hand severing should have been in the sequel trilogy. Awesome. But from, with that, we will. Uh, we'll move on <laughs> uh, to our final question uh, from our patron Kai Thatch. Kai always sends in great questions. Uh, is to all of our patrons, and we have still got some more juicy ones to get to. So thank you all uh, for sending those in. But for now, Kai says in the Rebels episode "Twilight of the Apprentice." Maul says that he can't defeat Vader alone. The way the line is read and based on Maul's character, I feel like he is alluding to a former battle with Vader that he lost. Do you think we'll see a fight between Vader and Maul? Do you think it will show up in animation or live action? This is juicy. This goes back to before we even saw Maul actually on screen. We just saw him in a trailer of fans going, ooh, Maul versus Vader. So uh, what do you think, Ken? Do you think that there has been a Maul versus Vader and we haven't seen it yet?
1: I got to tell you, first of all, Kai is a cool cat. Uh, We've known Kai around these parts for years. And uh, I love this perspective on Star Wars and I love stuff like this because I think this is the kind of stuff you can very easily and successfully spin off into great big moments in other star wars storytelling uh i i really think the idea whether or not it changes you know from, from movie to now kenobi as a tv series but the idea of that line in return of the jedi of, of vader saying obi-wan once thought as you did and that could just mean new hope or it can mean something bigger and you can spin it off i'm thinking the tw- yeah the twilight uh of the apprentice episode there there is is it in that episode or or around that time right you know when things are happening fast and and furious i seem to remember maul's kind of like oh god he's here like i'm paraphrasing but just like oh no he's afraid of vader
2: oh yeah i think this that's the area that i I think i is referencing here yeah
1: totally so i can whether or not it happened or not I, i can be open to yes or no but if they were to spin that off and you know, I still like the idea of him being defeated in some way or toppled, at least, by Kira in in the criminal organization. But if there's some kind of I've always struggled with how does she keep him or how does he end up staying on, uh, you know, what was it, Malachor? Mm-hmm. Um, could Kira do that? Yeah, I, I have full faith that Kira could do whatever she wants in defeating Maul. But could that be from Vader? You know, like I I, I can get behind this and it's exciting. It's just a fun possibility in in, in this little wrinkle.
2: Yeah, yeah, the headcanon that I'm playing with is because I, I do like the idea that uh, that Kira it, it, is either personally responsible for literally dumping him in, on Malachor, yeah. you know, and, and I wouldn't ever want to sell out, you know, especially since they, they uh, established her Terrace Kasi and her resourcefulness that she might f- find a way to uh, surprise Maul. But within, within the whole uh, arsenal of uh, ideas that Kira might have, I would think that the Kira we met at Solo in Solo, who knows she's in trouble uh, in terms of having to work more closely with Maul in coming to Dathomir, she would absolutely go, okay, well, what is this guy afraid of? What what can I possibly get leverage? You know, I can see something where Kira basically calls, you know, uh, uh, sets up a conflict with Vader. Wow. If she learns that Maul is afraid of Vader... Or afraid of ca- crossing the uh, the empire in particular for some reason, yeah. figuring out I can you know set up a, a trail of breadcrumbs that will lead this Vader guy to Maul.
1: Wow, I, the the Kira Vader team up I, I didn't know I needed. <laughs>
2: yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah, because yeah,
1: sorry, sorry. The, the idea, yeah, you know, Maul run around the underworld. There's some reason to believe that they're they're allowing that. You know, at least Palpatine in some way, right? You know, just kind of like yeah, cause chaos over there. You're out of the picture, whatever, but we need, you know, the empire needs the criminal underworld to kind of do its thing and they can do their thing because the empire's doing their oppressive thing. So it's this symbiotic circle, not the one Obi-Wan intended, uh, when, uh, trying to teach us all about it, but, uh, oh man, that's exciting. That's exciting. Kira, yeah, see, Kira's, uh, yeah, we just need more Kira stories. How about that?
2: yeah we we need more cure stories that's where our conversation of uh, vader and maul leads us but um yeah i would love to see this i it, it, this is a fun journey because i think back in the, the day when you know that this is the kind of thing that you would usually really talk about and who, who is more powerful who would win in a fight um and now we've got a lot of development of how powerful vader is and and how feared he is even by somebody like maul um that i didn't i i thought i used to think this kind of uh realm of thought would be just uh, a little bit of a just a conversation of who is more powerful who has more force points you know kind of right i don't know a little limiting but the storytelling they've been doing with both vader and maul is so character based mm. that i'm excited to see this now because it doesn't feel like a just who's a bigger badass it feels like what What were these characters be grappling with in order to have this fight, right? Because uh, you could yeah. do great stuff with, you know, what is it? I think Vader is more powerful. That seems like this Canon storytelling that's been going uh-huh. on. right. Maul sees him is this like he's he's the apprentice who who won you know the game. Uh, he's the one who's been groomed and faded in the one that you know the master wanted all along. So mm-hmm. he has every reason to hate and fear him. And then, you know, I- unless there's more canon stories to be told, Maul is the the first vision of the dark side that young Anakin saw on that hanger in the Mm-hmm. And you could do some great storytelling with, you know, does mm-hmm. he have a flash of what it felt like the first time he saw that evil and it looks so alien to him and now it is him.
1: Yeah. Oh, god. To, to connect it back to Anakin, little Annie. Oh, that's that's a powerful choice, and the just resentment feelings, uh, you know, abandoned uh, the stuff that Maul would have with Palpatine. Still, you know, uh, and, and then plus that, you know, Palpatine kills his brother, and here's the one, and uh, and, and Maul clearly knows Vader's Vader with something more. Not that it would at any at any level cast Maul's just a, a straight up good guy for a moment. I wouldn't even want that. Um, yeah, it'd be an interesting character study. Maybe they, they can just sit down and have a, a cup of Jawa juice and figure it out for a little
2: bit. <laughs> no. Yes, they can use the Force and and fight over that uh, Jawa juice. In terms of animation or live action, Ken, if you were going to see this and knowing kind of the current landscape of Star Wars storytelling, where would you want to or expect to see this? I, I, I actually would be open to both
1: based... Sold for you know full faith in the animation department, but uh, but the the mall stuff in season seven of Clone Wars, what they're able to do with kind of that performance capture into animation, just what made me uh really even more open to, to seeing it. It wouldn't feel small to be to me necessarily, right? Um, but I, I, I you know, if you're factoring in everything we're talking about here today, uh, Vader, uh, you know, Kira, <laughs> throw Amelia Clark in there, uh, Ray Park we're voicing them, whatever it, that, that, that's a win for me. It's it, whether it's a star Wars, Disney plus movie of the week or in theaters, it wouldn't be in theaters, but five part series. I don't know. I, I like this idea now.
2: Yeah. I'm still big on, you know, I, I, I don't know what the in total financial realities of this are. Um, but I'd still love them to just do one-off animated movies. If it's, you know, it doesn't fit in any larger storytelling, but like, yeah, here's a, here's a fun little story we really want to tell. About how Maul ended up on Malachor, and maybe that involves Vader. That that could just be a you know a one off two hour movie available on Disney Plus. I think is is great. Um, and if they do that and have motion capture Ray Park and then uh, motion capture uh, Spencer Wilding and, and Daniel Napris, who are, you know were the the Vaders Rogue One, man, that mm. could be amazing. I'm all
1: for that.
2: Yeah. Good question, Ty. Good question. Yeah, great question. And a great plug for an old episode of Data Bank Brawl where we did do Vader versus Maul. We did do that. We did. Yeah.
1: yeah. And I we believe did. that. And I've been going through, folks, who go back, I know a lot of you try to go back and listen to uh, the old, uh, older episodes of Four Center, maybe catch up or revisit. We When we made the switch to Anchor, there was kind of an internal problem that we never, the IT departments couldn't figure out. But I've been going back and uh, fixing them. And I do believe the Vader Mall one I fixed this past week. So it's up for your enjoyment.
2: Oh, yeah, man. Kai, thank you for teeing up uh, our commercial, as well as a great question. Uh, (laughs) We are like Star Wars, all about marketing. (laughs) That's right. If you listen to that episode of Databank Brawl, it will be available as a Lego figure set, right? Yes. Get a code to unlock a, a, a squadron ship yeah (laughs) exactly exactly well big thanks to kai joshua carl and star wars mythos uh great questions as always and we still uh put a call out on twitter a while ago and still have a bunch of great questions we're going to get to there in uh, patreon as well and when we burn through those we will ask again and more thank you as always for having such a great funny and insightful questions
1: we love them, man. We love the interaction with our Four Center listeners. It's a lot of fun for us. And if you want to join the conversation or follow us, you can do so by going to Twitter at Four Center Pod. Use hashtag Force Center. Like our Facebook page. Follow us on our Instagram. Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. Tune in and more. The home is Anchor. And don't forget to get merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center or support us at patreon.com slash Force Center, we love having new patrons, love bringing into our community. Join the Discord server through the Patreon page. A lot coming, uh, so check it uh, out if you'd like. Uh, and now for uh, we what we do, we got some stuff we want to highlight as well, Joseph.
2: That's right. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Joseph Scrimshaw and you can check out my website, com for comedy albums and other podcasts and all sorts of other comedy adventures. I've also been uh, trying to be aware that uh, we are moving on and having fun with Star Wars and Still trying to be aware that it's a very difficult time for a lot of people in the world and trying to highlight ways that uh, we can help. Uh, This week, this episode, I wanted to highlight uh, the Navajo Nation Fund. Uh, As I'm sure many people are aware, COVID-19 has been uh, particularly ravaging uh, for some indigenous uh, and native communities. And if you're interested in in reading more and possibly helping out, you can go to NDNcollective.org.
1: Great stuff there. I am still highlighting, because it is uh, Pride Month, uh, highlighting Maddie's Pride Project on kennapsock.com. Just click on the charity tab I have there. I have a list of a lot of things I've either highlighted in the past and still support, uh, and some recommended from friends and listeners of the show uh, as well, on some of my, uh, not just four Center, but Knapsack File stuff. But uh, Maddie's Pride Project is uh, not just something that's uh, uh, important uh, on, on a global scale for me. It's it's uh, a family thing. This is uh, created by my cousin, Michelle, and her daughter, Maddie. Michelle uh, wrote uh, that our LGBTQ plus youth need all the support that they can get. This is why we've created Maddie's Pride Project. When my daughter came out, it was a very difficult decision for her. She worried about being accepted for who she is. Now, our family embraced her, but some teenagers aren't so lucky. So uh, Maddie and Michelle and our family want to show support by creating a beautiful set of Ears, 3D printed ears she could wear to show her pride. Every sale, uh, Vegas 3D Kids, which is uh, my cousin's company, will donate ten dollars to Maddie's favorite charity, which is the Trevor Project, project an organization that focuses on the mental health and well-being of our LGBTQ plus community. So uh, that is there as well uh, uh, on kidnapsock.com. And this is something that Joseph and I are going to be doing going forward. And Jennifer as well. I'm sure when she returns uh, to, like uh, Joseph said, we we uh, always want to be aware of the bigger picture while we have fun talking Star Wars, because that, I think, is part of the Star Wars lesson. Yes. <laughs> Well, Joseph, great stuff this week. Thank you for all of your contr- uh, contributions. Contributions? Wow. Say that word right, Ken. Uh Out there listening, we appreciate your questions and the support. We'll see you later in the week for a big special topic, letting go in Star Wars, the lessons of letting go from a galaxy far, far away. See you then. This was Force Center News.